0: there it goes you see it let's dismiss that good evening bill
1: good evening stanley good evening listeners
0: or morning or afternoon that's
1: right whatever time you choose to listen to us we are happy to have you welcome back to another episode of bs car guys podcast
0: number 15
1: number 15 I mean, that's like a serious number right there.
0: Yeah, that's almost an adult right there. Or at least that's what what 15-year-olds say anyway.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's like learner's permit territory. Yeah.
0: yeah. Speaking of which, my daughter has hers. Yay.
1: Hey, let let me tell you what you don't buy your 15-year-old. A muscle truck. Let me tell you what we bought each other or we bought for ourselves this week with our spend our fake money. Muscle muscle trucks.
0: trucks. Yep. Yep. I kind of blurred a line between a muscle truck on one of these things, but, you know, I like to do weird things.
1: Well, I did, too, so that's okay.
0: Oh, I know you cheated. I didn't cheat. So I just blurred a line.
1: Let's tell our listeners a little bit about the muscle truck and the history of the muscle truck. Um, what do you think the first muscle truck was in the
0: U.S.? Uh, the first truck with a V8? Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, well, that's a good point. I mean, I guess uh, any any two-wheel drive kind of lowered truck but I, you know just kind of thinking through what what do you think about like d- does an El Camino um, or a Ranchero do those count as muscle trucks
0: yeah kind of because they kind of blow the line between cars and trucks but I guess for me I would kind of kind of uh, I would kind of call a muscle truck like you just said a two-wheel drive version of a standard truck Yep. that isn't necessarily meant for work. It's kind of meant to cruise in and look good and sound good and, and you know, do all them things. And maybe every now and then go a little fast. Right, mostly, right. Mostly in a straight line, but, you know.
1: So I, to me, when when I think of muscle truck and the history of the muscle truck, now I know you see some older, you know, um, late 60s, early 70s, like C-10s that are very much muscle trucks. Um, but I think when they first were being purchased as two wheel drive, standard cab, short bed trucks, they weren't really being bought with the intention of being a muscle truck as we think of them today. Um, but if we think of a muscle truck as like a truck that is specifically, um, designed to look, you know, a certain way, Yeah. my, my mind tends to go to the, like the, the old, um, the Dodge little red truck. Do you remember
0: those? Oh, yeah, because that's what I was about to say. The first, uh, what in my mind, what the first muscle truck was, those little red trucks. Yeah, uh, I think it was 78, 79. Yeah, yep. I mean, it wasn't meant for work, but it could, that's right. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and little then personalities, we, you know, we are of the age that we grew up, um, you know, we were in our formidable, impressionable, uh, young preteen teenage mind when when muscle trucks kind of had like a resurgence right i mean there was the the dodge shelby dakota yep yep the well, some of the lightning
0: some of the, yeah some some of the dodge shelby stuff though there was more stickers than actually you know
2: <laughs> actual
0: muscle. i mean with around about the time where we started uh being able to think about buying cars not as if we could afford them I mean, like you just said, uh, muscle trucks kind of came back. Um, factory produced muscle trucks kind of came right, back. Right, right, right. I
2: think, right.
0: I think uh, homegrown, we made this look good. Trucks, that's always been a thing.
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh, but yeah, I remember um, early nineties, uh, the four fifty four SS. Yep. You know the cyclone. Um, cyclone, which. At one time, uh was the fastest truck on the planet. It beat the Testarossa in the drag race. It was pretty yep, fast. Yep,
1: I remember that. So, you know, you were talking about the Shelby and it being kind of stickers. Did you know when that thing was, because it eventually it became available with a 5.2 liter V8. Do, do yep. you know what the horsepower on that V8 was?
0: I'm going to say 225. Nope.
1: You were generous by about 50. It was 175 horsepower and a 5.2 v no. V8. Yes.
0: And the the 318 Oh, man. oh, that's another thing that we, you know, revisionist history, you know, when we start talking about muscle things and we're going to talk about another muscle thing here in the near future, um uh, some of those things that people remember being fast really aren't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Boy, ain't that the truth.
0: I mean, but yeah, I I mean I guess torque was more important back then and sound was more important, but...
1: Probably sound, yeah. Yeah. You know, and fuel wasn't as good. Tires weren't as good. Suspension wasn't as good. So 175 horsepower in that truck felt fast. I mean, I remember, um, not that it was really a muscle truck, but, you know, I can remember being in high school and there was a couple of guys I knew that had um, S10s with that Vortec V6 in there. And that truck was plenty quick.
0: Yep, yep, that four point Yeah,
1: and yeah. the back end of the truck weighed nothing, so you know it was it was no problem grabbing uh, a good tire squeal in third gear. Yes,
0: yes, it was. I mean, I almost you know we we, we built some trucks. So I I really thought about building one of them the way that I wanted back in because I kind of like the old box Chevy trucks like that. That I mean, I rolled a work on the back one for at least three years, but <laughs> <laughs> were you a? Minor? Oh, hey, look. Look, no, no, sir. We worked in um, the cotton field. That was my first job. Working where? the cotton field.
1: In the cotton field?
0: Come yeah. on now. I promise you, bro. I was 12 years old. We uh, used to hope, you know. We, we I can't tell middle.
1: if you're setting me up for some sort of
0: like I promise you, bro. You're going to call me up. a
1: racist if I say something. <laughs>
0: No, no, this man. is dangerous.
1: Was... Stop talking. Talk about something else. This is, I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs>
0: uh, that was my first job. They paid us.
1: <laughs> okay, Whew. man.
0: They my paid blood us. pressure's I... going up. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so around about that time, we moved off into the country in this little town called Ellery, South Carolina. And one of the things the kids would do for money over the summer was we go uh, work in the field. With this elderly lady, and um, they passed a hundred. They passed twenty dollars a day. We go out there and uh, hold, uh I said a cotton field because it, it was funny, but we worked in all kind of fields: watermelon fields, cantaloupe fields, cotton fields, whatever. We just hold the weeds from the cotton and everything. They gave us twenty dollars a day. It kept us out of trouble. you know, thirteen years old. You got a hundred dollars in your pocket. You think you're rich? Yeah. So <laughs> And, uh, 20,
1: 20 years ago, not on a podcast, I'd make all kinds of jokes, but I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and just sit here and listen. Good,
0: decision. good <laughs> decision. See, we, ha- we are adulting. Look at that. <sighs> it's but, such
1: a struggle. It is such a struggle.
0: So what was one of your favorite muscle trucks that the a factory produced back in the day?
1: I mean, I love the, the first generation of the F-150 Lightning, that square body style. You know, it, it probably wasn't nearly as fast as, as like the 99 model Lightning's, you know. But th- to me, there was something about when that square one came out. Like, I can just vividly remember like commercials yep. and, you know, and just being like wowed by it and thinking. Because my grandfather had like a 92 F-150. It was not a Lightning. But, you know, in my mind, I was like, man, that, you know, that could be my grandpa's truck. Like that, you know, it just seemed like attainable. And so it was like modern and and muscle cars weren't a thing. Nineties, you know, I mean, Mustangs were terrible. Camaros weren't great. You know,
0: you just said Mustangs were terrible. They're coming at you.
1: I'm not worried about them coming at me. All I got to do is stand directly in front of the car. (laughs)
0: it's like a (laughs) (laughs) t-rex
1: and just let them like figure eight swerve right around me into a crowd of pedestrians or something the safest place to be is right in front of the hood
0: Yep, because that's where the car ain't going (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah i remember man i remember uh remember remember dodge came out with the uh the viper powered uh yeah. Uh, Ram, yep, that was yeah, that, that was pretty sweet.
1: Was something, yeah.
0: Uh, that truck was probably the scary, probably the second scariest vehicle on the planet at the time, only followed closely behind the, uh, following closely behind the Viper because the Viper, I swear, tried to kill you every time.
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, and that Viper truck, I mean, they're kind of the joke of. You know, shady used car lots nowadays—they're—they're they're out there and around, and you can pick them up for twenty to forty thousand dollars, depending on how much crack somebody's smoking. But you know, they when they came out, I remember—I'll never see one of these. Th- these things are going to yep. be so rare. You know, people aren't going to be. Able, nobody's going to drive these things. You know, you, I'm only going to see them in magazines. You know, but I guess they made enough of them. There's there's plenty of them out there around now.
0: I'm surprised that you don't see more of them wrecked somewhere in a junkyard because I'm well, sure. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I mean, they tried a couple, a few things with Dagon on some uh, muscle factory built muscle trucks. I mean, they even this ain't technically a truck truck, but uh, I mean, Chevy did the Trailblazer i S. Um, I'm
1: glad you said that.
0: Uh, they did that ssr thingy convertible trucky thing i don't know what it was <laughs> right uh gmc did the cyclone that uh i remember when the lightning and the ram were out chevy decided to go the way that i thought was actually the coolest way was they put their biggest v8 in the truck and then gave it all wheel drive yes That wasn't uh Silverado SS. Yep. Yeah, it was a
1: Silverado SS. Yeah, I remember there was a guy in Asheboro that had one. It was a good-looking good truck for those trucks. You know, I just wasn't a fan of that body style, the headlights and, you know, that look. But, but the truck had a good, clean look to it. And being all-wheel drive, it, it made it really a, a, a good package. Yep,
0: yep, yep, yep. All so right. let's, last, let's talk last about these. Of, Go ahead. Last thing about uh, the factory-built muscle trucks. You remember Theater, watching a certain movie, and what happened? See if you get it right.
1: Uh, you mean Paul Walker returning to work um, and sl- locking up the front brakes and sliding the front end into the curb in his SVT Lightning? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I remember that.
0: If That's you remember probably... that moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
1: There are a few sounds in movies that are so iconic that they stand alone outside of the movie itself, you know? And when you're a car person, there's even a, you know, a smaller number of those sounds that are that iconic, but that F-150, uh, F-150 lightning curving itself, that's on the list, uh, in 60 60 seconds with Nicolas Cage, backing Eleanor up and ripping the mirror off.
0: And then ripping it off. Dude, do you know, They are suing people who are making cars that look like that that car? That woman
1: is crazy. That woman is crazy. That's what the (laughs) problem is. The woman who was the widow of the guy who came, whatever the, I forget the whole story, but it's her, and she's a money-hungry old bat. And so anybody that tries to use the name Eleanor, she throws a lawsuit at them. It's like that guy who tries to sue people for singing Happy Birthday. You know, it's like, come on. Get over it. Any publicity is good publicity, but... You just come across sounding terrible. So, yeah. well, speaking of factory-built muscle trucks, I'll lead off with my list because my first one...
0: Oh, I this did, is she.
1: I did a little something. So I thought about the current line of trucks that are out there. Uh-huh. And I thought, what would it really cost for me to build a modern, unexpected muscle truck? Because, I mean, it's easy to say the TRX um, or the Raptor, our, you know, our current crop of muscle trucks. Yeah. <clears throat> so I try yeah. to go a little bit different direction and I I, I, I assembled what could be a modern muscle truck. So my first link will take you to the Ford building price website. Yeah. I and you, you will see a blue, only blue for you, but a blue,
0: you're trying to 20, feel to
1: my sensitivity. Right. I, I see what you're doing. 2020 <laughs> Super Duty F250 XL. Now, I know what you're thinking out there. That's crazy. F250s are not um muscle trucks. However, Ford has <laughs> Ford Ford has a new engine. New for this year that you can get in the Super Duty. It's a seven it's, a 7 it's a 7.3 liter, but it's not a diesel. It's a gas burner.
2: What? Really?
1: Yep. So this is a gas, seven point three liter, F two fifty Super Duty regular cab. It's the shortest bed I could put this engine in, and that they would let me configure.
0: How many cubic inches is that? up, why are you talking? I'm doing that. Yep.
1: Yeah, you're good. You're good. You go ahead. So anyway, so this um this new engine makes 430 horsepower and 475 5 pound feet of torque and uh and it's a so, you know it kind of fits that muscle truck vibe you get the muscle truck sound of a gas V8 um you know it is a super duty so it's going to come with a, a pretty heavy chassis and it's going to be a little higher off the ground but hey they they make you know lowering kits um if you live in eastern north carolina all you have to do is just go around and buy the you know, three or four front half uh, lowering kits that kids aren't using because they're only putting the back half on, um, and then you can make it work, you know. But anyway, so this is like my take on a modern muzzle truck. And I built this thing really lightly optioned. I didn't put any of the towing stuff on there that people do with Super Duties uh, for $42,700. And, you know, it's a little unorthodox, but you compare this truck's power figures to, these other muscle trucks from back in the day that we were just talking about. And this truck's going to be way quicker.
0: So, hmm.
1: cause we're talking double the horsepower in some cases.
0: So by my little math, by our that I could remember just now, that's around about 438 cubic inches. Okay. Yeah. 438. 438. That don't, that don't roll off the tongue that well.
2: No. But
0: I didn't think that. They, I'm surprised they did that. With all that is a really big gas burning motor, especially for Ford. You know, they well like
1: it, it, it has cylinder deactivation, but I think this is going to be the new um, crate engine of choice for truck builders and you know people doing like these crazy one off SEMA builds and stuff. I, I think this this seven is going to be a good engine for them because it's got some tech to it, but it's also got you know big engine stuff. That comes along with big gas engines. So it'll be a good hot rod engine. So, you know, kudos to Ford.
0: I feel you. They're going to sell five of them to regular people, but, you know, all the similar people, they got them.
1: Yep. (laughs) So I figured this one might throw you off guard, but, you know, it was, it kind of came to me and I was like, you know what? This would be an unexpected bill that nobody would be looking for. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I definitely was not expecting that. Um, It did go over the price limit, but I understand what you were doing there. Uh, well,
1: yeah, and and this really wasn't a pick for me. This was I just wanted to show our audience like what you could do if you wanted to build a modern muscle truck, you know, with a new vehicle. I'm, and you didn't want a Raptor because you don't want to do off-road stuff. You know, you wanted to just lower it and have a good cruiser big V8 engine.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, not as not a, you're doing that while you're talking. Not, it just made me curious. Continue to speak, sir. <clears throat>
1: so my second choice, uh-huh. I went I went the route that um, you know, I, I kind of expected where Stanley would want me to go, the direction of a muscle truck. And so this is an old school muscle truck. I picked a nineteen seventy three Ford F one hundred with a three fifty one Windsor V eight.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like Bill. Right there. That's nice, man. I like this truck. I just seen a bunch of them. I ain't seen nothing this clean here. This, who are these people? I, I thought it was your favorite car with your website at first.
1: No, no, man. I, I got plenty. I got a whole list of sites I like to peruse. So this is at, uh, um, this is in Mooresville, North Carolina. Uh, this okay. is Shelton Classics. They usually have a pretty decent inventory of old muscle cars. And this this truck is currently available for $24,995. Which is under our thirty k budget for this week.
0: Yay, you paid attention to the budget for the first time ever. Yep, and this
1: is a full rebuild resto mod. Um, you know, it's got all all kinds of good new new goodies on it. Um, it's lowered. So it's only got twelve thousand two hundred fifteen miles on the engine. You know, so head on over to Mooresville, North Carolina, to Shelton Classics and Performance and pick this truck up. Um,
0: yep. Now. Yep. I'll-
1: Okay. Right. Well, go ahead, you can comment on this one.
0: So I was looking down. I I like the truck. This is, this is a pretty sweet truck, you know. Not too fancy, but the, the um, you know, hits me in all the right fields. I just I was scrolling down the uh the website and you should scroll down the website and something just jumped out at me and I was like, What? That don't make no sense. Well, and then I read a little bit because you know when you read things they start make but they start to make better sense.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> what jumped out at you?
0: Uh, so they got this little list of, uh, on here. That says, does it work? <laughs> 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 oh, that's cool. Hey, hey whoever um, the, the the company who owns this, hey, that's cool. Hey, the first the thing that jumped out was horn. Does it work? No.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Everything else is a yes, except for the horn. <laughs>
1: hey, you know, at least they're upfront about it. You don't so, need a horn. You know, the only thing, the only, the only, um, drawback I have on this particular truck is that it is bucket seats and not the bench. You know, I'd rather have the bench. That's, that's better for cruising. You I, know, I agree. you put I the, agree. put the, your lady can slide over beside of you, you know, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. But in this truck, I mean, you got to shift that thing some kind of way. Well, oh, yeah. That's yeah. a
1: good point. That's a good point. So, yeah. all right. So that's that one. But. Course, I had to go and pick the muscle truck that I would actually buy for myself. So that's the next link. Yep. And I this, have <laughs> this is the one I could find that I could afford. Um, so this is a 1965 Ford F100 V8 4x4, restored short bed at Vintage AP Motors in um, Statesville, North Carolina for $26,900. It is a manual transmission. It has ten thousand miles on it, and it is pristine. I really, I really like this truck.
0: I like this truck too. I think this truck is would look better with different paint. It's black. It's black on black, but I don't think black on black works for this truck as much as I, you know. I don't know. I'm just being picky. This is that truck.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I would probably like it more a different color, but it's hard to hate on it, even as is.
0: Uh, is, is Yep.
1: So I threw in the next one as a... When I'm I'm looking at this 1965 Ford F100, the truck I'm really envisioning in my mind is the one that I can't afford. So I sent you the link to that one. That's too. My friend, Jonathan Ward out in Chatsworth, California at Icon Motors and his, um, Ford, my Yeah. Yeah. We've talked, so he can be my friend. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, if I throw him some business, you know, then he'll definitely could be my friend. Um, not that anybody listening to our podcast can afford his stuff probably, but Hey, we can all dream. Um, so this, this truck is called the six pack. and uh you know this truck probably sold for somewhere in the 280 to 300 thousand dollar range
0: wow
1: yes so but every inch of this truck has been gone through you won't find any plastic in this truck everything about this truck is very Updated and modern, but still looks old and retro. And this is what they call one of their reformer projects. Um, no detail, untouched. This truck is immaculate. I yes, would. Yes, it is. If I could afford this truck, I would drive it every day.
0: Yes, it is. It is. Um, it is. You said two hundred thirty thousand dollars, bro. Uh, Easy.
1: Easy because I, I know what his uh FJ like 40s and 44s and um everything else goes for his two wheel drive muscle truck pickups, the old Chevy five windows. I, I mean, I'll, I know what his pricing is, so yeah, I can tell you without a doubt that this truck would be
0: that's that's a lot of money
1: that and then some.
0: That but if, you, if of,
1: you scroll through the pictures, though, you'll see what it started out life is. And this has the five nine Cummins in it, so you know, oh, I see it. I, I see,
0: days. I'm not saying that it ain't worth it, I'm just saying that's a big number.
1: That's a big <laughs> number. This truck sits on a custom Art Morrison chassis. I'm telling you, there's nothing on this truck is left untouched. So, anyway, that's that's the inspiration, that's the dream. We'll move on from there. Um, I threw in one that you know. You mentioned that um, Trailblazer <laughs> SS. So you know, we we did come up in a time when muscle trucks, even though I don't think SUVs are trucks, included SUVs. The Cyclone, um, yep. what was the Typhoon? Was the SUV?
2: Yeah,
1: yep. and then the Trailblazer SS. And um, so anyway, so this is what I think is probably like an an overlooked modern um, muscle SUV. It's, it's a 2014 Ford Explorer police package, all wheel drive. Yep. And this one is currently for $12,000.
0: Yep. Uh, if you didn't know the, the, uh, the the Explorer police vehicles, just in case, you know, you feel the itching outside out one of them, you know, they got a turbocharged, uh, 3.7 liter in it. So, uh, Odds are whatever you're driving probably ain't going to be as fast. That's right. I don't right. know if this one has it.
1: But. Yep. Yeah. This is a three seven, V six <laughs> turbocharged, all wheel drive. It's quick.
0: Yep. 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 It's way faster than the uh, the the lady who bought this the civilian version of the truck wanted it to be. Yeah. never thought it was going to be?
2: <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly.
0: a lot of, which is a case for a lot of a lot of this uh, a lot of cars nowadays. But, yeah, so, Bill, I like all your trucks, man. I don't really got a bad uh, 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 bad thing to say about any of them. But, as usual, because we don't talk about these things, I can went a completely different direction. <laughs>
2: so,
0: <laughs> so, you can just open all my links all at the same time, and we can okay. go through this. All right. All right, go you ahead. You tell me what you got to first. I opened the I 2005
1: there. Subaru Baja.
0: All right, cool. So remember, when I was talking about uh, one of these things blurred the a line on what a truck is. It's, it has a bed. <laughs> <It's just> not... <laughs> I mean, it, it has a bed. Uh, we <laughs> all right. Let me finish explaining. You can yes, laugh. Please. Let, please. let me finish explaining. So instead of going to find one that I could buy, I actually. Did some simple builds. I was like, what can you really do for $30,000 if you started from a place, right? So this thing popped up, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to build it. I didn't plan on doing this, but I'm going to do it. So what what's on the screen right now is a 2005 Subaru Baja. If y'all don't remember what that was, it's like a legacy. Instead of being a wagon, they just dropped it back and it's just left modern, it open.
1: modern-day brat.
0: Yeah, yeah, that thing. But like Bill has brought up many times before, and i backed him up on, Subaru does these things where all their parts are pretty much interchangeable. Yes. So you know what you could do. To, so my idea for this thing was, uh, hey.
1: Oh, that's that other link you sent me.
0: Yeah. Nice. You spent $5,000 on this thing. Click that other link, Bill.
1: <laughs> Subaru Impreza WRX STI sedan that killed at least one person.
0: He did not die. He hurt his arm. If you read all the stuff. Okay. So, so you buy this wreck, this wreck WRX uh STI right here, and you just swap all the drop power it. All the goodies. All, all, the, all goodies. the goodies out of it. Go replace what you need, cause you got uh twenty-five thousand dollars to do it. <laughs> so yeah, that's and true. Then, and then you ride out, man. And the crazy thing is you would absolutely drive that because it would I, be I would. so weird.
1: <laughs> I, I might would drive that. You know, it's, um, what can I say? It's not a Honda Ridgeline.
0: It is not a Honda Ridgeline, correct. Which is
1: where I thought you would go. I thought you were going to show me some, like, muscled <laughs> out Honda Ridgeline with VTech and a a spoon engine in it or something, you know, so, I, hey. I,
0: you just said it. That means somebody's building it right now.
1: <laughs> so yeah this
0: one threw me for a loop yeah I, I look it it threw me for a loop i was up there i said truck just trying to get some ideas and it's like y'all they calling this a truck well if y'all can call it a truck they, I can, i'm i gonna call it a truck and we're gonna build it up <laughs> we're gonna see where it go <laughs> but uh wow yeah.
1: so how much is this wrecked one?
0: Oh, so I did not see a price on there, but if you want more than three grand for you for it, then I have choice words for him. I said, right. No. <laughs> right. I mean, cause he could sell it to a junk girl for 500. So I'll give him, you know, give $1,500 cause I don't want none of the stuff. I may take the wheels off it. If they weren't. Nope. Nope. The wheels were pretty jacked up. Yeah. The
1: wheel, you know, yeah. I, listen though, heads up, Stanley, I'm just reading through the description here you might want to take this into consideration. It says the vehicle does not have an existing warranty.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: People who are listening, you once you click this link, you will understand why we are laughing right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, my sense of humor is a little twisted.
0: I, I think I saw it on there where it said it started. I don't know how. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
1: That's impressive. Yeah, All right, man. so I'm clicked on this next one here.
0: And not,
1: not, not in direction I thought you'd go either. 2011 Dodge Ram 1500 Sport.
0: All right, cool. So instead of going completely on and completely weird, so if you're going to build a modern-day truck, and, you know, a lot of times the the uh, a modern anything, if you're going to build out your car, a lot of times the best place to start is the thing that you're driving. And there are a lot of people out there driving Ram 1500s. Yep. So, if you don't know, Hemi, it has a Hemi in it. I, I'm sure that some, some of you know what a Hemi is. They are a pretty good, stable chassis uh, starting point for upgrades. So, this truck right here is $17,000. Yeah. Well, eighteen. Seventeen 17995 well, so eighteen thousand so dollars. You got eighteen thousand dollars. I give you twelve thousand dollars. Yep. To go play with. Let's and, say you
1: th- and it has less than ninety thousand miles on it. That's a good deal.
0: Yep. So you throw. Let's say you throw three thousand dollars in wheels and tires. About another three. Another three in exhaust. Let's say you want some fancy dual mode exhaust or something crazy like that. So you can do exhaust and intake and stuff like that. And then you put $3,000 into that engine just to make it a little faster, a little different. And because I'm me, you know, you got to take the other $3,000 and go out and make it loud, (laughs) audio-wise.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: And now you're sitting at a nice, modern, not crazy sport truck, muscle truck.
1: But like we said, it's probably faster than any of those sport trucks from the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, because you're starting off at, 350, 375 horsepower, whatever. Right. You do intake and exhaust and some rocker rollers or something crazy like that or get do some kind of tuning or, you know, I'm sure there's a supercharger somewhere you can buy. Yep. For, for I guarantee you know, it. I mean, it don't got to be crazy. You start off where you at. It, leave the looks alone. Don't do nothing. To do. Right,
1: right. Well, I mean, it's not a bad looking truck, so yeah. 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 You lower it, you know, both both
0: ends. Yeah. yeah. All
1: right. I'm looking don't, at your next one.
0: Don't put the front end way up in the air. Don't do that.
1: No, that's not a muscle truck. That's a broken truck.
0: Yeah, broken truck. Correct. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's the next thing you came up to? the The last link is a 2016 GMC Canyon SEL. Oh. All
0: right, so. This is my thoughts for this. So you see all these little trucks running around right here all the time. This one is $18,000. Yeah, with a- I'm
1: going to go ahead and tell you this, though. Don't don't buy this one because it looks like it's in
0: a crackhead neighborhood. You see yeah. these
1: pictures? Yeah. This thing's for sale at a crackhead shop.
0: Look, look. Hey, sometimes that's where you get the best deals. They need uh, that money. I guess that's <laughs>
1: true. You don't know so- who died in this thing, though.
0: Hey, you know that—that's what professional cleaners are for. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Okay. Um, so you—this so you is like the
1: mid-size muscle truck. Yep.
0: Yeah, so you start here, and there's only one person in a car anyway. Uh, that's true. So you—you you grab this little thing right here, and this is eighteen thousand dollars, and you take that twelve thousand dollars and do the exact same things I just told you what to do, but yeah. this time. You don't need a supercharger for this because they make ter- a turbo kit for this motor. That's right. So you put the turbo kit on this motor, and you got exhaust and everything, and that dude in the Mustang that thinks he's fast, when when he sees your brake lights, he can't go back to where y'all just came from.
1: Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this truck would be proper quick with a turbo.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean... I think when I was reading, they said you can get upwards of like five hundred horsepower out of this thing. You don't need that much. That's that's a pretty good way to keep yourself. So don't yeah. do that.
1: Tur- turbo with <laughs> a computer, and this thing's dangerous.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so I, yeah, I mean, you went and bought some vehicles, and I like all of them. I was just, I got into this thing or I was, go- I was going to buy some stuff, and then I was like, you know what?
1: Well, I like the approach. I mean, it's it was two different um, ways of looking at it. I tried to go old school muscle muscle mm-hmm. and, and you looked at what can we do with our, you know, modern options that are out there. Cause I mean, let's be realistic. You know, we talked a little bit last week with Neil about modifying vehicles and, and trucks and uh, SUVs and, and Jeeps and stuff is really the, the last holdout for the modifiers is, you know, it seems to be where there's still the most stuff. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, you can buy a Camaro or a Mustang or, you know, and and buy some performance goodies but like true creative make yours different from anybody else it's the truck suv market
0: yeah i agree with you Uh, last week i said i disagree but I, i put some thought in it and i do agree with you i mean that is the trucks are the platform that kids are buying and doing crazy things with because partly because you can still do crazy things with them because the modern cars right now, they, I mean, they, like Neil said last week, and like we spoke about before, they do so much to them cars at the factory that it's kind of hard. Your modifications are going to mess up the car a lot of times, unless you really know what you're doing.
1: Well, that's exactly right. I mean, it's so trucks and, and at least, um, body on frame SUVs, you know, they're still a very simple design. And so, it means from a cost standpoint for aftermarket people engineering new stuff is pretty cheap. Definitely. You know, and it doesn't have to be super complicated. Um but if you want to start doing crazy stuff to a unibody or a hybrid, you know, your yeah. your yeah. the, the technology curve um and the cost curve goes up significantly just to be able to do simple modifications.
0: Yep. And I mean there are some sport like we talked about before. There are some cars out there that are sporty compacts that you can still do stuff to. But let's be honest, most people aren't buying sedans. Most people aren't me who still like sedans and cars and things. Y'all want y'all SUVs and trucks and stuff. And but
1: amen, preach on, brother.
0: Whatever. Anyway, and nope. you, you know, and then you got. I to had home my home. hand
1: in the air because we was in church there for a minute. I was like, "Yep, just keep on." I'm, I'm right. There.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it don't especially uh, um, and for, for the younger people who are out there listening or if you are a slightly older person who got some younger people that's out there driving, encourage, if you listen to this podcast, you should be encouraging your kids to do some kind of mods for their truck because this stuff got to go past us. This whole culture got to live past us. And if we don't start encouraging some of these kids, to do some stuff then this is this is gonna die out eventually i know yep, so you're exactly some, right and some and kids are hard to get to because i got one child that refuses to figure out how to change his oil but you know that's we're not talking about that today anyway
1: well you know and, and as somebody who owns an older geometry vehicle that you know i have a, a vehicle that's got a solid front and rear axle um you know working on that thing and and um, trying to do new things with it, there's there's an opportunity to teach kids or for kids to learn on a vehicle like that with older technology that you can do modifications with because, you know, it's important. I mean, in, in the modern world of technology with vehicles, maybe it's not as important, but I still think it's important. Like, I want my daughter to know, um, you know, what a what a panhard bar is or mm-hmm. you know what a what a pitman arm is or um you know a, a steering knuckle or a cv half shaft or a drive shaft or an axle you know the, all those things that make that vehicle go down the road beyond just a tank of gas you know what i
0: mean um, yeah, absolutely man it may not it's, be
1: quite as important anymore but i think it's still important
0: it is still important i mean I mean, your kid will know, she, she will know how to do all that stuff. How about just start simpler, like uh, teaching your child how to change the oil or change their tire? Because I swear, young people get a, a, a flat tire and they want to change out the whole car.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, I know. mean, if you're going to teach your child how to change a flat tire, though, I do not recommend uh, doing it with a vehicle that has 35 inch tires on it because they're heavy.
0: I agree. I'm with you. Don't do It's that.
1: hard for me to change a tire on it.
0: <laughs> Call somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Speaking of changing tires and you know, I mean, speaking trucks and stuff, man, let's change directions a little bit and talk about these other new trucks that's out yeah, there. Yeah,
1: there seems to be. You know, we we've lived with hybrid cars and even plug-in electric EV cars for some time now. You know, we've had the the Chevy Bolt, the Nissan Leaf, um, Tesla. Well,
0: you said that wasn't a car last week. I just wanted to point that out. What's that? The Leaf. You said it wasn't a car.
1: Well, it's, I mean, it's more <laughs> a car than it is a piece of yard art. I mean, it's an automobile. It um,
0: might be a yard dome. It might be. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so, you know, it's, so we, we've had cars you know, that have this, they all have a very similar shape and they all have a very similar shape because of range and aerodynamics, right? I mean, if you look at the Tesla Model X or even the Model Y and like the Audi e-tron and Mm -hmm. um, the Prius and the Honda Insight, all of these vehicles have a very similar shape. Now, one may be a little bigger than the other, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but they all have a similar shape and that's...
0: some may be a little uglier than others, but, you know. Yeah, that's
1: right. But the, the reason behind that is maths and air yep. and stuff. So, trucks have been like the forbidden fruit for uh, the EV market, but I think we're fixing to see that segment explode with a bunch of options. So, we're going to talk a little bit about those options tonight.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Um. I will disagree with you a little bit i think um as soon as tesla figured out uh, changed the world it made uh an electric car a everyday all-year-long car that you would actually want to drive right um the big three was figuring out hey how would, how do we make a truck how, how do we do that with a the truck they were thinking it
1: <laughs> well i, I mean I, yeah you're right I agree.
0: Um, They didn't know how to do it yet, but they they were never thinking. They (laughs) they didn't know how to
1: do it yet. We were still limited on uh, battery technology and charging infrastructure, right? Those are the big hindrances. um, And they still continue to be that. But realistically is the ideal platform for electric technology because of instant torque, motors in each wheel, all the things that you need a truck to be capable of doing, electric motors lend themselves really well to. Yep. So the truck market is the perfect market for an electric vehicle.
0: And on top of that, uh, the the basic idea of a, of a truck truck, and we kind of discussed this with SUVs and CUVs, is a body on frame. And, yep. and that is truck talk. You know, that's normal. And a lot of these EVs are bodies that are on a very similar frame or structure. You can't really call it a frame, but uh, this, yeah, that whole skateboard platform with battery packs and things like that—it essentially
1: that. becomes a frame.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, you you build you if you can get that right, most uh, most uh, you know the the the, uh, the number one selling vehicle in America. Been that way for 20-something years is, is a truck, so yeah, you get that right. but truck on top of it, and you will get some attention. And here recently, uh one of the big three released a uh, pretty significant new entry. Uh They didn't really release it. They released pictures and walk-arounds and stuff of it. But we ain't going to talk about that one first. We want to talk about the one that Bill and uh, Neil were talking about last week first, because to me that is the most interesting one.
1: It's the one I'm certainly the most excited about. Um, you know, it's the the Rivian um, R1T. So, yep. it is a truck um, that is very close to being available for sale. Production is getting closer and closer to being at. Um, you know, and running completely and having vehicles that aren't going to the EPA or the NTHS or, you know, to, to meet all these federal requirements before you can actually start selling a vehicle. So they're, they're getting really close.
0: They're, they're will well, will they way. be
1: the first truck on the market? Mm, maybe, you know, it's, it's very likely COVID has changed a lot of things for, for these companies that we're going to talk about. So, you know, if you, if you go and look at press releases from December, January of end of last year, first of this year, you'll read some stuff that's like, oh, well, I should be able to go buy some of these right now. But COVID changed a lot of that for a lot of these automakers. So um, realistic timeframes for when most of these are going to be available are still kind of fluctuating and not quite as solid as these automakers would like them to be. But Rivian is a new startup. Yeah. They've invested a ton of money into retooling and redoing. Uh, I think it's an old Mitsubishi plant. It, it is.
0: It is. Um, also, so Bill, what I did is I, I uh, made a list of them, and I put them in an order that I liked them the most or that I thought they were going to be most significant. And because yeah. I'm a, Because I'm a geek, I put a whole bunch of stats on my little spreadsheet so
1: that's good. I did not do a, a bunch of stats. I just stuck with if these numbers were available, the, yep. the, the highest trim possible, or at least the highest advertised, horsepower, torque, and range. Yep, because that seems to be the three things. I mean, we could, most of the stuff that's like zero to 60 times and towing capacities and all that stuff is still like, that's all theoretical and they're getting a lot of these numbers from simulations and even some of the ranges they're really getting from simulations in some of these cases. But to me at the moment, the most three, the three most important numbers to know is horsepower, torque, and range.
0: I think uh, there's another number that you need to add to it, which is price. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But, uh, you, we started off talking about the Rivian, um, what I got down here in my notes for the Rivian are uh, uh, one of the things about Rivian is the difference between uh, people are pretty familiar familiar with Tesla by now, and Tesla kind of brands themselves as not the car car maker. They do things a little different. They do things yep. with Tesla way and all this other stuff. Rivian is like, you know what? These people have been building cars for a long time. We might want to listen to them and take some advice every now and then. Right. <laughs> right. So. They uh they did that they like Bill just said they bought an old Mitsubishi plant American made um they uh they and they look more like a traditional auto auto manufacturer when it comes to how everything is structured
2: yes. they put a lot
0: of money into the chassis uh, they had two very big uh investments and one of them is Amazon yep and the other one is Ford.
1: And you know, and when I look at the interior, you know, the these vehicles, to me, sometimes I think Tesla gets where they lose some consumers, is they spend a lot of time, attention, and detail on reinventing something that's simple, and there's no reason to reinvent
0: it. Exactly. exactly. You know, yeah.
1: it's it's okay to innovate and to make changes. You know, but we've had this conversation before. If a volume button works, or mm-hmm. a knob,
0: yeah, There's a power, nothing wrong with
1: a power knob, why, why spend a million dollars in a factory to tool up a line to do away with a knob when a knob has worked for a hundred years?
0: Exactly. And my number three on my list of uh, how I rated these trucks does what you just said better than the other ones but it has other flaws a couple other things that i um that i put down here is i like how they use space in that vehicle. trucks even muscle trucks and sport trucks are utility yep. utility vehicles yep they have you have to be able to use it whether you're putting lumber or something in the back or you're you know throwing down some plastic wrap and trying to turn the bed into a pool you know, <laughs> right. you know, you gotta, you gotta do something, you know? And, um, I think one of the unique ways that this, uh, that Rivian did, uh, storage and, uh, the use of space, they, 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 they to look at places like, Hey, could we put a storage cubby there? Can right. You know, you know, and which is, I mean, and then they kind of marketed themselves and they took their truck out to a uh, I didn't know this was a thing. Uh, what, what's that thing you like to do all the time, Bill? What you keep? What's your adventure vehicles? Overlanding. Over,
1: overlanding, yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't know there was an overlanding festival. But they took their truck out there, they showed yep. it to everybody, they had the had it set up as an overlander. And uh, one of the things that why this is number one on my list is um, I understand Tesla makes a very good product. Tesla as a company and their and their owner uh, or CEO does a lot of talking. Rivian yeah. did a whole lot of showing that this thing works. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and uh, and for not that big of a difference in price from the Tesla. Uh, hey, Bill, you want to take a shot in the dark How much horsepower? This thing got.
1: Uh, this thing's like seven hundred fifty horsepower, or up to seven hundred fifty horsepower.
0: Yep, up to seven hundred fifty horsepower, and it's a uh, largest battery size of one hundred and eighty kilowatt hours.
1: Yeah, which to. which also gives you a theoretical four hundred plus mile range, yep. um, and about eight hundred twenty nine pound feet of torque. You know, one thing one thing that I think is really cool, and this will apply to just about all of these electric trucks that we talk about. So in in trucking and off roading, you know, having um a locking rear differential or a locking front and rear differential is is really important off road because you know being able to control what wheels getting the power is super important and this is another reason why EV technology lends itself so well to off-roading and the truck market and this is one of the reasons why I along with many other people was very disappointed that the the Jeep 4xE that they showed earlier in the year was not a full electric because the potential is huge Um, because you don't have to have a locking differential. You can just computer control. And this is exactly how the Hummer EVs locking differentials work. Mm -hmm. You can computer control these two motors for the rear end to just turn at the exact same speed, regardless of what's going on. And you have a locking differential. Yep.
0: Yep. 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 One thing about this, and I think you, in our, uh, pre-meeting we started talking about this a little bit i think you said hey are the motors in this because it does have four electric motors are they are they in hub motors no no they no
1: they're not in hub so right. we do have the, the only there's only one on the list that has a hub motor design it's it's behind your head
0: yep 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 i know
1: so I, I was just one's yeah I was no, this curious one's on how
0: they did the four motors in this one
1: they're in board just just like they are on the, the other vehicles and Tesla and everybody else. They're, they're inboard motors. Um, you know, fun fact, uh, if you're a nerd and you enjoy history, um, Ferdinand Porsche, the first vehicle he ever helped design, was a vehicle that he designed for um, Mr. Daimler for the World's Fair in, whew, I'm going to get this wrong, I just know it, like 19... 19- Nineteen twenty nine, yeah. maybe, but anyway, it had four electric motors, one, and they were all hub motors. So yeah. it ain't new technology.
0: It ain't new. Te- you, you're correct. Um, <coughs> one of uh, I have a couple other friends that we talk. With, I talk cars with, and I've, I've brung up the point that the only reason electric car, one of the biggest reasons electric cars aren't already the default answer, is oil and gas industry this <laughs> is good point yeah it, it, I mean General Motors made a, a perfectly good late 80s early 90s electric car and then bought them back from all the people who they sold them to and destroyed them all I'm just go, I'm gonna go ahead and say that somebody has something to do with that that has something to do with all mm. it you, know? mm. you know what I'm not talking about can, they might can, try to conspiracy theory much hey I'm just saying they disappeared anywho uh, <laughs> hey, so, <laughs> um also uh we're talking about on sale dates um current projections for this thing is 2021 um oh, sorry, second quarter 2021 that makes it uh late spring yeah uh, so and seventy seventy thousand dollars essentially what, what was the, the exact price yeah.
2: seventy
0: thousand five hundred dollars they had it down for the price of the one with the biggest battery pack and all the options and stuff. So I don't think that's a bad price for that because, I mean, you can get uh, a, a, a truck with an a internal combustion engine up yeah. there. And it, to be honest, I think this is probably going to be better suited for most what most people are going to do in their truck anyway.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I just did a quick little research, and I, I was wrong on the year. 1898. <laughs> yeah,
0: 1898. See, we fact-check ourselves. <laughs> what's what's up,
1: but yeah, I'm super excited about the Rivian because of exactly what you just said. It's it's a it's at a price point that makes it comparable to any other very nicely equipped full size truck worth having.
0: Yep, yep, yep. I, I agree with you. Two other last last two other notes that kind of stood out to me for this is this truck can do tank turns. If you don't know what that is, that means it can the, the let's say the right side other vehicle could now, uh, let me just they're...
1: explain it the easiest way oh, possible. You that. You if you that. if you were looking from the sky on down on top of this vehicle and you picked the theoretical center point of the vehicle. So, you know, perfectly between the two front front wheels and the rear wheels and perfectly in the middle, the truck can rotate on that axis it can turn the wheels independent of each other so that it spins around the center point of the vehicle. So if you're in the driver's seat, it's turning around a point located somewhere just over your right-hand shoulder. That's pretty cool.
0: And it's probably going to feel really weird when somebody does it the first time.
1: It's going <laughs> to feel like you're on a forklift is what's it's going to feel
0: like. But besides us, you know, uh, us military people and warehouse workers and stuff, we don't know driving a forklift.
1: <laughs> that's a true. That's true.
0: Oh, so. and the last, The last little uh, note that I put on is, did you know, so because of this big Ford investment, do you know they're going to build a Lincoln EV?
1: Oh, I'm sure. That's, I mean, if you think about it, that's the smart play. That's where you want to go with it. I mean, that's why GM's got the Hummer coming out and not a Chevy Silverado, you know, that's.
0: Oh, we will get there. We will get there.
1: Yeah, the Chevy will get there eventually, but it's, it's not anytime soon, I can promise you that.
0: Yep. So the number two, not that we want to get off the Riviana, just we don't want to keep you guys with yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Out. That's right. Uh, but uh, number two on my list was is the Hummer. Um, the notes that I got down here uh, for it is, if you guys missed it last week, it, it was the world debut of the Hummer. Uh, my quick notes I have down here is it has GM money for backing. Yep. That's that. that they do know how to build cars. I don't think they do it. My number two note was GM issues, meaning
1: it ain't gonna be as
0: good as I want it to be. I don't care how good it is; it's probably not gonna be as good as it could be, or as as I want it to be. Yep. Um, number three, quick note was this thing, especially in the first version that you can get, costs way too much. <laughs>
1: Well, even even the the proposed pricing for like the two motor version is still to be the cheap version is expensive.
0: Yeah, that, I think their cheapest version starts at like seventy, and
1: well, it's so, probably closer to eighty. Yeah,
0: but uh, I didn't even write that number down because I was so uh, flabbergasted by the number that's up here, uh, one hundred and twelve thousand five hundred and ninety-five dollars. They got one. Let me say this again.
1: But, okay, now, as much as I think that that is a ridiculous price, I will counter that with just to be devil's advocate, they've already sold out all the deposits for the first run.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So there's. How many
0: of those people are normal people?
1: I don't know, but there's obviously enough people out there that are okay with paying that price that they jumped on it.
0: I mean, so, uh, maybe I need to shoot some YouTube videos or something and get to the point where I could do some of this stuff.
1: You know, there are a lot of things about this vehicle that I really like. When I watched the launch video, I wanted to be, like, super skeptical. I wanted to make some jokes about, bruh, and yep. your Ed Hardy <laughs> bedazzled jeans, you know, with with your face covered in creatine powder, you know. I I had a long laundry list of spray tan jokes. I was ready to go, but then I watched it and I was like, "Man, they they did a good job. This this thing's pretty nice, you know." It there's a lot of things on it they got right.
0: I agree with you. It well, it does look like it's going to be a very, very, very capable, very off-road vehicle, a very good electric truck. Um, it, 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 out, fun 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 fact about this. So I was a uh, shout out to this guy. Uh, check him out. He's on YouTube. Uh, Engineering explained. He's from North. I'm pretty sure he's from North Carolina. He's a engineer, obviously. But he—if you geek out on like car stats and how things really work and want somebody to explain to you, just check out one of them dudes, That dude's videos—he does a really good job explaining things. It's, it's in a way. But anyway, so he—he um, he did a video and he was talking about this thing, and then I was listening to a couple uh, podcasts and people were talking about this thing. This truck is roughly the same length as a Chevy Colorado. But is the width of the TRX and the uh, and the Raptor?
1: Are you serious? Is that short? I mean, (laughs) I knew it was going to be over eighty inches wide, but I had no idea that it was that short.
0: Yeah, they were talking. I think it was uh, Auto Blog. There was a he because he went to the event because you know we're not that big yet, we can't go to these events. He's like, yeah. I guess that like,
1: makes sense because it does only have a five foot bed. Yeah.
0: So I was like, man, this huh. thing look like a box. I mean, it's, like, it's not like a rectangle. It's just like, just a, a box. Like bulldog shaped.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if that's the case, it's, it, you know, what, there's maybe 25 inches difference between the length and the width. It's yeah. basically a square. Yeah.
0: But it does have some amazing stats. It, uh, of all the trucks on my list, it had the most horsepower at a thousand, the most proposed torque at eleven thousand five hundred, which I think is a ridiculous number. I don't know this, how they got there, this, but that's what they printed. Th- this
1: <laughs> is this is me throwing a flag. <laughs> yeah. I'm throwing a flag on the play. So, yeah. okay, so let's talk a little bit about this number because this number is marketing at its finest. Yep. Okay. The, this is an electric vehicle with electric motors. So torque is available, you know, at one RPM. Right. Yep. So that's, that's cool. But they're getting to this number because, so if you've ever, you know, living in and working in Eastern North Carolina, um, there's a lot of people that have boats and, yep a common conversation you might hear around a boat dock is I have this boat, whatever it is, and I have twin Yamaha two fifties, right? So does that mean that my boat has 750 horsepower or does that mean that my boat has three, 250 horsepower engines? Because that's, it's really not the same thing.
0: It, I agree with you. They did some fuzzy math in there. And uh, this vehicle, yeah, this
1: vehicle has three electric motors, two in the rear, one in the front. Right. Yep. They, those electric motors are pushing the torque. So I think the front one makes like 375 pound-feet of torque. Each individual rear motor makes like 350 pound-feet of torque. And, yes, those are good numbers. But once those numbers go through the gear sets – the, the theoretical number at the axle is eleven thousand with at the torque like at the rpm the the number then becomes a theoretical 11500 foot pounds of torque but I read a really interesting article that said if you eliminate a torque converter slip in a modern diesel engine so if you take like a Chevy Silverado HD mm-hmm. um, and you you kind of factor out a torque converter and you do the math for the gear, uh, and the, the torque of the engine and you you use this same formula that truck makes like 18,000 foot pounds of torque.
0: Yes. So
1: 11,500 foot pounds of torque is, it's a cool number to throw out there, but it's not the most realistic number in the world. It's a proposed theoretical torque, calculated by some engineers that that are really doing some math trickeries
0: yeah you remember remember when i said gm issues gm problems this is part of the stuff. you know they could have said a thousand plus pound feet of torque and no one would have even tried to disprove it yep but nope, they had to go, nope, we got to put 11,500, put the big number up there. Nope, just right, stop. Right, it, Oh, All right, so uh, cool features about this thing. It does not do tank turns, but it does do the crab walk thing. Yeah. Would you like to explain that?
1: Well, this vehicle has four-wheel steering, um, so it will help give you a tighter turning radius in a circle by turning the, the rear wheels um, counter to the direction of the front wheels thereby giving you a better turning radius or it will perform what Stanley just mentioned is a crab walk where the rear wheels will turn the same direction as the front wheels and the vehicle will move diagonally or laterally and forward at the same time.
0: Yep. At a 30 degree angle. Yep. Like
1: yep. Or degrees. backwards diagonal, yep. you know, whichever direction you need to go crab like.
0: Yep. Uh, this vehicle, oh, uh, ground clearance, I, I I have ground clearance approach and departure angles for most of these things too because I know you would like yeah, that. Yeah, this you one know.
1: this one's got some crazy ground clearance.
0: Yeah. it it can yeah <laughs> it could. One of the things I I noticed about all these vehicles is uh, air suspensions and stuff. All of them got it pretty much. Is it how reliable is that? You know, we well, that Well, that's
1: that. You know, okay, that's a good point because if you had a Range Rover or an old LR three or a, you know, a first generation a six, uh, Audi all road. Um, or I don't even know what other vehicles, a Mercedes, you know, Lincoln Continental Lincoln. (laughs) If you had one
0: of these cars that had
1: airbags (laughs) from, from a factory, let's say 10, 15 years ago, you, you have definitely replaced an airbag, right? I'm, I'm on some all road forums, uh, online, and even though mine is an A4 generation of all road, you know, the A6 guys are on there too, and those cars are stay broke more often than mine. Um, and there's always somebody on there looking for airbag advice because yeah. those airbags are constantly causing problems. So, that being said, I think that's forced the industry to make better airbags. Mm-hmm. The aftermarket has made airbags for a while, and that's grown the technology as well. So I I do think that some of these newer vehicles, um, using the, the computers and the solenoids that they are using and the airbag technology itself has gotten better. Um, I think they'll last a little bit longer. I don't think
0: the,
1: I don't think the same fear that traditionally went along with airbags is still present, but, but it is going to be a maintenance issue. I mean, off road, yeah. dust, dirt, debris, sand, mud, gunk. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, especially uh, th- these two right here in the next one. They're building these things, and they're they're keeping in mind that people are going to take these things off a little bit. They ain't probably going to do ain't going to go do Jeep crazy stuff, but yeah, they not, might do a little they, bit of it. They might do a little bit of it, but they're going to they're making the vehicle be able to do that you know yes they're designing that into it instead of you know just throwing some after some big tires on it afterwards and then go find yourself stuck somewhere but <laughs> right. um, some other uh, features about this this thing uh will it does a really cool thing with its batteries right so um uh, it has uh they didn't what was the battery pack size i just wrote it down it has a 200 kilowatt battery right Yep. which is essentially it's two 100 kilowatt batteries which is already huge it's huge and so these things can run i'm probably going to say backwards in normal operation is a 400 kilowatt system blah, blah 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 kind of similar to everything else out there except for the Taycan. so it's running parallel in that situation but when you charge it they can run in series which makes it 800 kilowatts and it charges super fast.
1: Yeah. 10 minutes to get a hundred miles <laughs> of range. If you've got the charging capacity.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I just thought that was cool. I don't know anybody who actually going to do it, but you
1: know. right. Well, okay. So we're talking about batteries and charging. Another thing that I think is really cool with the Hummer. And again, this is not to beat on the dead horse. That is the Jeep four by E. Cause that thing's going to really suffer. Um, because of the technology in this Hummer. Yeah, I know they're two completely different and really two completely different price points, but the technology in this Hummer is going to make people look at that Jeep and say, well, if friggin' Chevrolet can do it, why can't Jeep do it? And that's going to be the the Achilles heel of the Jeep 4xe. That, so anyway, the, the technology that I was going to mention is when this thing is off-road and you're off-roading, it will use the braking to regenerate voltage back into the batteries. Yeah. Wow. And And see, that's not been done yet. So that's a new thing because when you're off-road, your speeds are so slow, you typically don't generate enough braking resistance to generate electricity worth having. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it pretty much would just equal out with the te- the battery voltage you're using just moving. Um, but this thing's batteries are so good. You can actually recoup some of your battery voltage breaking off road. And, uh, that's impressive.
0: That's impressive. I bet you it probably won't be that much, but the fact that it can do it is impressive right there by itself.
1: Yep. That's right.
0: Um, this f- on sale date, they're saying they're going to, uh, this vehicle's is going to go on production, uh, fourth quarter to 2021 and should be available, uh, Early twenty twenty two for the again the the small price of one hundred and twelve thousand five hundred ninety five dollars.
1: Why didn't they just make that one hundred twelve thousand six hundred dollars? <laughs> it's it's the oldest. Compl- I mean, it's it's every car company. Oh, let's be realistic. If you go to Dollar General, it's something there's five dollars and ninety five cent. I mean, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's all in our brains, man. It's yeah, all in yeah. our brains because if you just had one hundred and twelve six hundred, somebody'd be like, mm, "That's just a little bit too much." It's but five ninety five, woo! I'm not even spending half, you know. So yeah, I can get that one. I can get uh, that the
0: third, one. The the third vehicle on my list is not the Cybertruck. It's the Bollinger. Okay. All right, so my nose down out here, uh, off-road capability. It is a big, square, it, you wouldn't think that it would be attractive shot, but it is cool looking to me.
1: It is the only one to me that is potentially uglier than the Cybertruck.
0: I, I like this more than the Cybertruck because I was like, it is ugly, but it's cool ugly. It is, it
1: is cool ugly. I'll give it that because it is so ugly, it becomes another thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, they didn't even try to put a curve in this thing.
1: <laughs> no, it is a brick. It is if you handed your kid a pile of Legos and four tires and said, make a truck,
0: and that's this what is the
1: truck they made.
0: Yep. Paint it black. This is what it is.
1: <laughs> this thing is... I mean, it's ugly that even their website is only in black and white.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, (laughs) um, and uh, crazy thing is, it has the biggest potential price tag of all of this stuff when I was on here. It blows my mind. One hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and for that great big price tag, you get the smallest potential horsepower number at six hundred and fourteen, the smallest torque number at six hundred and sixty-eight. Yep. and the shortest range at 200
1: at two hundred miles. Well, it's because you're pushing a brick down the road. Yeah, 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 and you know what? What? Where I think there's a potential here, um, just like one of the other brands we're going to get to, is that they offer it as a chassis cab. Yeah, yeah. And if you're going to be competitive in the truck market, you have to you have to go after commercial sales. Yep. yep. And this is a truck that can do commercial work. You could do it with a four door, with a flat bed or with a work bed, toolbox ladders, you know, a box to just carry stuff in a wrecker. What, you know, whatever you do with a current heavy duty truck, you know, and that's kind of what their goal is here. I think they're going after the heavy duty market. And we really only have two trucks on this list that are looking at the heavy duty market.
0: I think another cool thing about this is they do some cool thing with storage and space too. Like they, you can open up the front and run a, a piece of lumber or something all the way from the front to the back because they're cut out all the way through the thing for it. Right. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, they do some weird stuff with the glass in the back where you can pop open and yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. I think it costs again too much money. And uh, oh, my bad. The coolest thing about any of these trucks on this list, this vehicle has it. You know what it is? What's that? Analog gauges.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> and they're not cheap analog gauges. No. They are pretty analog gauges.
1: They are very nice. Very
0: $125,000, nice. they have to be pretty.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm... these look like they would be in a, you know, uh, a, I don't know. A, Hura, a, a Pagani, Hura, I can't even say it. Yeah, Why I'm do I have to right. bother? <laughs> <laughs> a Bugatti. We'll just skip yeah. to another brand.
0: Yeah. And, you know, yeah.
1: and as much as I don't really like the styling of the truck, the B2 or the chassis cab, that B1 SUV,
0: I kind of dig yeah. it. Yeah, I dig it too. I dig, it is a big box and I'm cool with it.
1: That's right. Cause it's very practical.
0: It's some. It's, it's it's kind of it is similar to a thing. It's like sometimes a thing shows you a thing, shows you what it is. Yep. Yeah. And it is just that. It's like we're gonna make a box and we're gonna put electric motors in the bottom and we're gonna make all this other space available. So do you have
1: <laughs> a do you have a, a delivery date on when these things are supposed to start being
0: All right, let me look over here. This Is was that, all. This was already supposed to be um, available as well.
1: That's what I thought.
0: But uh, COVID. COVID. So they're talking about spring twenty twenty one as well.
1: Okay, and and see, I think that's you know, kind of a bummer. But at the same time, I think this them not hitting market yet and seeing some of these other competitors, this may give them a chance to be a little more competitive. They may go back and. Revisit some numbers and, and batteries and, and performance and software tuning, and yeah. maybe they can get somewhere closer to 250 miles out of a charge. Yeah,
0: I think these things this weird comparison that I weird. I just thought about this you know, how rich kids like G Wagons and never yep. take them off road. This is going to be that.
1: Well, I think you're right. I think that's a good <laughs> point. <It's> certainly <laughs> possible that this would be the thing that they drive. This thing certainly looks indestructible.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. It looks like the zombie apocalypse vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next one I got on the list is the one that, yeah, whatever. Uh, it's the Cybertruck.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: it's the Cybertruck. Um, it's a Tesla. That's a, I guess that's a positive and a negative.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, I mean, Tesla has the infrastructure available to do this. They, Tesla proved that electric vehicles could be mainstream. They proved it to everybody in the modern times, so I can't discount them from that. But I did find out something very interesting about this truck. What's that? It's not a truck.
1: Well, I could have told you that because I was going to make the comparison that this is essentially the Honda Ridgeline of the group.
0: Exactly, it is unibody, and I did not realize it.
1: <laughs> yep, it is. It's it's basically one big piece of metal.
0: Yeah, it has a exoskeleton. Yes. <laughs> um, what one of the things I thought was kind of weird was this had essentially one of the realistically the uh, smallest starting prices. Yeah, I I, I was kind of shocked by that. <laughs> um, at $69,000. So, whatever,
1: $69,900. And that's and, for the big one. That's for the tri-motor with the, yeah. the longer range and the faster horsepower stuff. And, yeah.
0: And I think how they're getting there is everything underneath this is Model 3 or and Model Y. Yeah. I, and so, when we like we said in the beginning, I mean, you build a chassis and you just put new things on top of it.
1: Well, that's um, the beauty of of EV technology. Yeah. You know, that's if you're building these skateboard chassis, you just put a different body on it.
0: Yeah, that was an idea out back in the day where they took that to the extreme, almost the extreme uh, case use case, where you buy the chassis and you go to a dealership and they just put a new uh, body on it, whatever whatever you need to put a truck on it. One week, if you need a truck. Put the SUV version on it, you need one week. Put the sports car version on the next week. I thought, I didn't think it would ever work, but, you know, in theory it works.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, that's really where the car market started was coach builders and, you know, people would buy a drivetrain and a chassis from a reputable, uh, you know, manufacturer, and then they would take it to the design house or, you know, the coach builder that they preferred the way it looked and have that company design them uh, a cab or a a living space that sat on top of that chassis that they liked. So, I mean, we really could see a return to that with EVs of, you know, people going back to a traditional coach builder type mentality of, uh, you know, I buy my skateboard from Tesla or from, you know, Polestar whoever, and then then I go to Penferina or yeah. Porsche or whoever and have a have a uh, a wagon built for it or whatever you need
0: I'm not surprised Tesla hasn't done something very similar to that yet because because Tesla kind of wants to do their own thing and do it the Tesla way. right but I would not be surprised if somebody, one of these other manufacturers, like we spoke about this uh. You know, if we had the money and the infrastructure to develop a, a one platform, that's three vehicles.
1: Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, well, well, and I think it is probably and safe now, to actually, say
0: four
1: it's probably safe to say that. You know, earlier when we were talking about the the Rivian and how they got Ford backing, it's probably safe to say that that's a lot of what that's going on there. Is oh, yeah. they want to take that skateboard and battery technology and charging technology, and just move that over and essentially just throw a Lincoln body on it.
0: Yeah. And they, the, the Amazon part of that is they're going to be electric delivery trucks because of uh, the electric. Oh, show. Truck, yeah. And they, they already got pictures of them or uh, showing them moving around and stuff before the uh, RT1 and stuff are even out. So,
1: well, you know, and if you looked on the Bollinger website, they had a delivery van that they're working on yep. that's still kind of in concept form.
0: Uh, but uh, a stat, little stats on the, the Tesla before we get too far off. Uh, 800 horsepower. That's what they're claiming. 1,000 pound feet of torque. See, Jim, you can put a 1,000 there. People believe you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three motor uh, in the top model, three motors in the top model with a range of 500 miles.
1: Yeah. And again, theoretical, estimated. Yeah. You know they're they're probably still working on getting there, um, you know that the the Cybertruck that uh, Elon showed and broke the window in, yeah. you know,
2: yeah, uh-huh. that
1: one that one is not a production vehicle or even really a pre-production because it's it's too large. So the yep. truck has to be shrunk down by like I think you said like six or eight percent to get it to where it would be really drivable. So it Man. was more of like a design study
0: yeah and all the stuff on that truck that they showed none of that stuff was working a lot of that stuff wouldn't work in a production model because as bill has pointed pointed out before regulations are going to make that thing look different because those lights can't be like that
1: right <laughs> that's a good point Yeah, I mean, like the taillights at the moment, they don't go around the side of the vehicle.
0: Yeah, and they couldn't sell that vehicle how it currently looks in Europe because it is, it's not, they have a flat face thing. Yes. yes. They couldn't do it, (laughs) you know. But uh, yeah, they explained this thing is going to be on sale in 2022. So in Tesla speak, that means 2024.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Yep, I was going to say the same thing.
0: (laughs) Uh, but, yeah, uh, those I don't were think, my top... I,
1: can you check our inbox? I don't know if our um, sponsorship deal with Teslas came through yet or not. I'm not yeah. sure yeah. if any Elon day has now. sent us our... <laughs> any day
0: now. Uh, 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 of the, and so that was my top four. And the reason why I kind of want to like highlight those as the top four is because I think all four of those things really will make it to production yes. in some form or fashion. In now the, the
1: not-too-distant future.
0: Now, there are some things that people are talking about coming that I really don't think are ever going to make it. And then there are two on my list that you hear. There have been little chatters about it. We just there ain't no information on it. That's true, so, yeah. So I'm going to run down these real quick, and you just give me Go for what it. you it. Go about. for it. Nickel about uh, Badger.
1: Okay, so the Nickel Badger. Tons of hype. Um Looks... Looks can be deceiving, it, you know. Nobody has seen one of these things in the flesh. Um, a lot of renders, um, a lot of simulations. Nikola, you know, um, went and did like a branding deal with. I think it was one of the guys from Diesel Brothers, and uh, you know, they they really were like the big talk at SEMA. They last year they had their side by side at SEMA and some of their battery pack technology and showing showcasing what kind of horsepower numbers they were going to be able to make. And, you know, they, they come out hard with this badger saying that it's going to be, you know, 900 horsepower, 980 pound feet of torque, 600 mile range. You know, that was if you ran like a combined, like, um, uh, natural gas and battery yeah fuel cell and 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 battery combination vehicle which would be really cool if they can make it happen yeah. but um i think it was a lot of theory and not a lot of practical delivery of of product
0: um, yeah. that's how know. i felt about it a lot of flash and no substance
1: yes that's that's a good way to put it and so then they they drummed up enough flash that it got chevy's attention and chevy said oh we need to invest in this so they bought a huge stake in the company and then like the week after that happened um i don't know if you would call it like an insider scandal or a um what do they call it when a person leaks a bunch of information uh yeah, whistle uh, whistleblower yeah. um, you know that kind of thing but but somebody associated with the company um that i think had already been poached from tesla and went there to help develop stuff said well you know that that semi that we showcased that really helped us get a lot of that money from gm that thing was not running it was in it didn't even have an engine in it it was just rolling down a hill essentially in neutral um so (laughs) (laughs) um so there there's been some shade thrown and some some incorrect or some assumptions. I don't I don't I don't really want to, you know, say I know for sure what was going on, but it just looks very shady. And so I think they're much further out from producing a viable sellable product than they claim to be. Uh, the the truck looks really cool. You know, if if they can get to market with it and if they can make true at least on 80% of these claims, then I think they have a very marketable product. And I think they will be, you know, a good competitor in a segment that's looking very interesting, but based on what I'm I've heard and read, I, I don't see it happening anytime soon.
0: I agree. I don't have a whole lot of stats about down here about it. Cause I didn't really believe none of them. <laughs> 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 Um, the coolest thing I found about it is this thing. It looks pretty cool, and the combination of a fuel cell and an electric powertrain potentially gives it the most range out of all the yes. things that we talked about. Uh, the next one I got quick on the list is, because there ain't a whole lot of stuff out of it, the Atlas XT. Yep. It, it looks cool. I don't know a whole lot about it.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, and as best I could tell looking at it, um, very much like the Bollinger, it there's some potential here where they seem to be going after kind of the heavy-duty truck market yeah. a little bit, and they're even going to offer a dually um, well, option. So- yeah, so that's they're they're looking to, you know, again to kind of go after that part of the market maybe that uh, Tesla or uh, Rivian, you know, aren't really initially going after so they i guess maybe they think if we can get to the top of that mountain first and be there that will be the only choice for people so they they already have stuff on their website offering uh fifth wheel and gooseneck towing capabilities Mm -hmm. um again like i said dually uh capabilities there's not a lot of really good images of the vehicle there's a lot of renders Mm -hmm. um so you know i don't think it's I don't know how close they are to being into production or having a a, a physical product to showcase. <clears throat> but yeah. they also are offering like the flatbed, kind of going after that work truck market. Because again, that's a huge portion of the truck industry.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I couldn't find out a whole lot about it. So I was like, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah,
1: and <laughs> they don't have... um they don't have any horsepower numbers that I could find or torque. They are saying that they're they're going after a 500-mile range. Yeah. Um, the truck looks fairly large. So I think, you know, with current battery technology, they probably could carry enough batteries to get a 500-mile range. But what their charging times look like is yet to be, you know, because if if it's – unless you have the Hummer – technology you yeah. know of being able to fast charge like that then 500 miles of range is cool but if it's got to charge for three days to get that 500 mile range back yeah. you know that that's not as cool it's especially in cool. a work truck work truck application
0: yep uh, yep uh next one i got on my list is the fisker alaska i i'm going to say this couldn't find nothing on this there's a wikipedia page on it but uh if, if this parent company fisker has if history repeats itself, this will never happen. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well that's a good
1: point. And you know, Henrik Fisker just released a drawing on his Twitter. It's all it was. It was just a drawing. It was a computer sketch of the Fisker Alaska. And he, all his comment was was electric pickup. Yeah. Now did Does that mean they were going to try to build one? Does it mean they're working on building one? Does it mean he wanted to get everybody's attention and see if they would talk about Fisker offering one? Probably. Um, uh, Outside of that, there's no information. Now, you know, maybe we get into the winter and car show time rolls around and maybe it shows up somewhere, but I very seriously doubt it for at least three to five years.
0: You have more faith than I do.
1: <laughs> yeah I just feel like they're way behind they're, I mean I don't think there's a viable product anywhere in the foreseeable future there
0: alright so these next three we're going to kind of go through them real quick as well but these three of the ones that there aren't a lot of information on these three I actually do think they will make it to market and the first one on that is the Lordstown Endurance I really like how that looks they're saying it's going to cost about fifty two five, six hundred horsepower Gonna be able to tow seventy five hundred pounds. for This is the first one in hub four in hub motors. Yes. So that's gonna be different from the uh, from the rest of them. And uh, General Motors has a uh, major investor in this thing too. And they say they, this is gonna be out next year somehow. I don't yeah, think. they
1: yeah they were saying it was gonna be out this year, but COVID. Yeah. Um this was supposedly gonna be the first electric truck to make it to market. I don't know if it's gonna still make it or if if um, Rivian will beat them. Um, it's I think it's gonna be a, a race at this point. But just like Rivian, um Lordstown, which started out with a different name. I just can't remember it right at the top of the moment.
0: Right. But the name of the name of the company is also the name of the plant and the name of the town that they're gonna build it in.
1: Right. It was an old GM Facility in Lordstown. So once they bought the facility or moved in, they uh, changed the name of the company to Lordstown. But it was something else initially um, when the vehicle was in its early stages of pre production planning. This vehicle shares a lot of look and size and feel with a Chevy 1500. If, if, If you look at the the wheel wells, the front quarter panel, the rear quarter pa- everything about this truck looks very much like you're watching a uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie about the future and he's driving a Chevy pickup truck. That, that's yeah. kind of what it looks like.
0: Yeah, they're kind of uh-huh. square. I like how this truck looks, and it looks production ready, and I, the only reason I didn't put it in the first list of stuff is because there there's a there's information on it, but it ain't. I didn't see a whole lot where people were moving around and doing. You, uh, anyway, I just I put it at the top of this of this 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 list. This right here.
1: theoretical list. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a little odd that for a vehicle that was supposedly already going to be for sale, there's not a lot of stuff out about it. Yeah, it's a little strange only a 250 mile range um you know 600 horsepower stanley went through some of the stats for you um i do think with the hub motors from a truck standpoint it does lend itself to maybe being a little more maintenance friendly and repair friendly um But you also don't want that being the first thing people think about when you're trying to talk them into buying your $60,000 electric truck is how cheap it's going to be to replace stuff on it.
0: Because yeah, you don't want that,
1: them thinking about that at all, really.
0: Yeah, I think this is going to be more of a street thing than an off-road thing.
1: Yeah, of all of them. Yeah, I think this is the most um, everyday, run-to-lows, pick up truck, pick-em-truck. Yeah, yeah. Even the rear bumper is right off a of Chevy Silverado.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, and that's... that. Bring gets me to these last two, because the two that there is hardly any information on, but it's probably gonna outsell everything that we talked about, is the F one fifty EV and the Silverado EV.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) and there is no information out about it really, and the closest thing you can kind of get to any information about about these is with the Silverado EV. It is going to share things with the Hummer. Right. That is it. <laughs> well, and I'll, and, tell, you, I'll and tell you why there's not... you it's have some endurance stuff on to it, too.
1: Yeah, and, and I'll tell you why there's not a lot of information out on either one of those two. You want to know the reason? Yes. They don't need investor money.
0: Yep, you're right. Good point. Good point. They can, I didn't think they about can, it like that.
1: They can hold their cards close to their chest until the thing's ready to come out, because they're already sitting on billions of dollars of capital. They don't, they don't need people to be interested in their product and put down a deposit and wait anxiously and, you know, pay to fly out and see the factory while it's being tooled up. And, you know, they they don't need to do all of that stuff because they're Chevy and Ford. So they own small cities and millions of people's jobs and, you know, so they can say, hey, we're going to release an electric truck. We'll let you know when we're ready to do it. And that'd yeah. be pretty much it.
0: Yeah, I think the Silverado EV is going to be kind of like, if the Hummer is a 2500 truck, the Silverado EV is going to be the 1500. You know, so
1: I, I get what you're saying. This is my This is my take on it, too. I think Ford will
0: get there first. Oh, I know Ford is going to get there first
1: but do you know why I think I, and it's not because Chevy's not going to have a product ready. I think it's because Chevy will, their old school automotive manufacturer mentality from marketing standpoint is that if they release their electric truck before that electric Hummer is on sale, it will hurt the Hummer sales and the luxury sales. So they will, they will wait until that thing has been on sale for a year before they release the tr- the regular everyday truck.
0: Yeah, because uh, if if we didn't bring it up, the, the Hummer, the Chevy, and the third part of that equation is Cadillac. Right. The, you know they're going to share parts because GM.
2: Because GM.
0: Because <laughs> GM. I really think the F one fifty at the end of the day. Is going to be the king of this market. And it's not that I like F 150s that much. I think the F 150 EV is going to be the king of the hill because of Rivian.
1: That's a good point.
0: Because they put money into Rivian. Ford. If Ford messes up things, it is not trucks and it's not Mustang performance. And so right.
2: <laughs> right. That's a good They point. don't
0: mess them things up. They they will mess up an SUV from now again. They will have, they will have an ugly van, but a Mustang will always sound good. It will always be faster than the person uh, the person driving it is capable of driving it, and the F one fifty will be perfect.
1: Well, and you just <laughs> named you just named the second reason why I think Ford will be, get there first is because the Mustang Mach E is mm-hmm. going to be on a dealership lot long before that Hummer. Now yep. I know you're thinking those are two completely different vehicles. They couldn't be further from each other. That's correct. But that they both represent a first real offering of a mass produced electric vehicle in a segment that normally doesn't have electric vehicles. Yeah, yep. yep. And yep. so yep. that's, that's where Ford will have a vehicle on sale first at a high price point, which will f- get the luxury buyers taken care of and the new tech innovator people taken care of, and it'll weed out some of their service and, you know, parts distribution for EV stuff. And then once all that's up and running, F-150 will drop, you know, six, eight months after that.
0: I, had a, I just had another idea of why the, F, the F-150 EV is probably going to be top. Because they're already going to be transitioning F-150 buyers into the EV market with the F-150 hybrid.
1: Oh, that's a good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, They're they're moving this thing that way. Cause I'm, again, I'm not an F-150 guy. I'm not really a Ford guy. I respect what they do. They, they, they make some awesome things, man. But, uh, that F-150 is pimp. I ain't got a better word for it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That, how all of that goes together. Look, what that hybrid I can, that, that thing is, that's going to be nice. Oh yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, that pretty much wraps up our electric truck talk. Um, so do, do I, do I do the, um, Bronco update like now? I mean, we probably should have led with it, but
0: I think you should do the Bronco update at the beginning of next week's episode. want to tell you why. Why? Because I need you to have all the time that you need to express your feelings.
1: Okay. Well, you know, I just, I know we we have some listeners who were curious or, you know, maybe making some That's in the background as to whether or not I was going to get the thing or what was going to happen. So
0: you should give them a teaser though. You should definitely give him a teaser.
1: Okay. Well, um, I will tease it by saying I made a decision.
0: And he didn't even tell me the decision. I didn't know this. You know what? Bump next week. What's the decision? <laughs> so you can go into detail next week.
1: <laughs> so last week Stanley can't handle it. So I, nope. Last week on um Friday at midnight uh Friday morning at 12:01 Ford opened up their build and price configurator for the Bronco so that you know all regular Joe Joshmos and reservation holders could get online and start building the vehicle to their satisfaction and and really start to develop a real idea of where the price of this vehicle was going to land um so of course you know Friday morning uh when I woke up five o'clock, whatever time I hopped on the computer and started building my Bronco as I had it reserved, which was, you know, a badlands, uh, which I know we've talked about before. So I configured it with the options. Once again, Ford let me down with their pigeonholing of if you want this accessory, then you have to, um, pick an entire trim level and you can't just Like, if you want wireless charging, you have to go up an entire trim package. Like, you can't just add a $200 option to a cheaper trim package without adding heated seats and a heated steering wheel. And, you know, a a $200 option that, if it was the only option you wanted, essentially cost you $3,000, which... You know, that's Ford. They've always been that way. Go build an F 150 is the same way. So, you know, you can't be too mad about it other than just saying it it really seems a little ridiculous. Like in the world we live in today of internet and knowing what stuff's really worth, you would think more consumers would complain about it. So, anyway, I built it a couple of different ways. I built the Badland a couple of different ways. I got a little frustrated. They were having some technical issues with the website. And like if you went to put roof rack, uh, on the vehicle, that was okay, but if you wanted to add crossbars to the roof rack, then it would take away your Sasquatch package, um, so they were having some technical difficulties, which I think was making people frustrated, too, um, but anyway, through building it and pricing it a number of different ways, I kind of came to a realization. Uh, that realization is I'm I'm 40 years old. Um, I, I live in, you know, North Carolina, where um, I don't live at the beach. I don't drive on the beach, man. If you don't uh, regularly,
0: what you, what you what the decision you made.
1: <laughs> so I got to doing the math on you know the number of days in a calendar year that I would drive this vehicle with no doors and no roof, which is really what this vehicle is marketed after. You're I mean, at me, it's you know it's got <laughs> it's got off road stuff, um, you know it. It'll do off-roady stuff, but, um, anyway, that's not its main thing, right? It's it's demographically who it's going after. And, and I just, I realized like, you know, that's just not me. Um, and, and probably is not going to be me anytime soon. And aside from a midlife crisis decision-making process, I just decided that it really wasn't the four wheel drive I wanted. Um, and, and so, you know, pricing wasn't as bad as I had feared it might be. Um, you know, I built and priced it the way I wanted it and it was very close. So when, when I built and priced a Defender, which I considered to be a bit of a competitor, even though it's a unibody, um, that built that vehicle the way I would build it at like 63, the Bronco came in at like 61 and change. So, you know, we're near enough. It makes no difference in price comparison comparisons. So anyway, I just decided it wasn't the vehicle for me. I canceled my reservation. I removed myself from all of the forums and chat groups and all that stuff. I emailed the dealer and told them I appreciated their their time and, you know, good luck with selling the new product. And that I look forward to seeing them in person and seeing them on the road, but that it just isn't the vehicle for me to purchase. And so I would just, you know, cancel my reservation and free up that slot for somebody else to uh, get a Bronco that maybe, you know, would enjoy it more. So it wouldn't be that I wouldn't enjoy it. It just wasn't the vehicle for me. So no more Bronco for me. And you know what? Five minutes after I canceled that reservation, I felt better. I'd never once after canceling it would have done that. That was a huge mistake. No, as soon as I did it, I was like, whew, that feels good. No more thinking or worrying about the Bronco and how I'm going to make the most of what it costs. So, yeah, that's Bronco Update. Bill. Yeah. Bill. Yeah. Yep. I tell you I love you. <laughs> every, every week.
0: You can't keep doing that again, man. You can't just... Think, look, I'm not the audience. <laughs> you, can't,
2: <laughs>
0: you, you, you can't take me oh I'm over here rocking in the chair this is not a rocking chair like what was the decision that you made that you didn't tell me about I gotta know you're supposed to tell me these things you're supposed to give me a hint beforehand you can't do this to me you know what Bill? what did you see this week?
1: um what did I see this week? what did I see? um I saw a really clean uh jeep x uh, cherokee xj uh, like the old square ones really really good looking it was like a 2000 it was the classics four-wheel drive had a nice uh paint matched front bumper winch you know really clean and i and it was for sale i really tempted to want to buy it because you know solid front axle but anyway uh, buy another Land Cruiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but not a yeah. two hundred series because they're too big. I went and test drove one; it's too big and too expensive.
0: I doubt the second part, but anywho, um, <laughs> what
1: would you see this week? I,
0: I didn't see nothing really, really special. I just saw one thing that you you don't really see that much. The car, I guess, the car ain't really that special, but. The color of the car made it exception, look exceptionally well. So. What was it? It was a, a new Audi S3. Okay. And that epic verdant green pearl color.
1: Oh, that is a good color. I mean, that is probably Audi's best-looking color right now. That color with the, like... um like saddle brown interior. Ooh. I, man. I
0: don't. I, I don't know what interior it had because it was uh, parked in the student parking lot. So That you don't, know make, how any this, that don't the, make any sense. Oh, that don't make any sense. That ain't right. That ain't right. That's how this thing works here. <laughs> so uh, it'll be on the uh, resale lot, on the lemon lot, a little <laughs> bit when he fails out of school. Um, hopefully, you don't fail out of school. I apologize, sir. I hope you make it through school. <laughs> easy, easy <laughs> shots fired yeah, but yeah man I saw it it was it was pretty I, I almost turned and I was like wow uh, and then I guess it was another car that, it, it was another car that I saw this week that, it was just I guess this was the week for colors of cars
2: right that,
0: that kind of stood out, oh man what is this, what was it oh gosh oh Well, colors of cars, I did see something. What'd you see? Remember last week when I I, uh, uh, told Neil to go look at a a certain vehicle? Yeah. And I told you I'd never seen one before? Yeah. Yep, seen one. You seen a
1: Maserati Levante?
0: Levante. It sounded glorious.
1: Well, of course it did. It's got a Ferrari engine in it.
0: (laughs) It sounded glorious. It is. Glorious sounding. I didn't get to say around it too much because, you know. It was
1: a Ferrari don't you. make engines that don't sound good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I saw it. I was like, man, how did that happen? You speak about a thing and then all of a sudden it appears. Look at that. Yeah, I
1: thought that only happened on Facebook.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Facebook and Googles and YouTube, evidently. That's exactly. But anyway, man, I think we've been on here. Uh, oh, we, it's a
1: long we, podcast.
0: Yeah, we, we are approaching Neil levels over here. <laughs> the so, only reason right. we're doing this is because we couldn't let Neil win. That's right.
1: That's right. We can't we we can't be just letting a guest win for a time limit. So next episode, we are gonna talk about modern muscle cars.
0: And so, we're gonna buy one.
1: And yeah, we're gonna buy something. And we got um We got to do it for under 20 K $20,000.
0: And
1: are we buying it for ourselves or are we buying for each other? Mm -mm. Mm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. You want to buy your own, don't
0: you? Our definitions of modern and muscle cars are as different as our (laughs) definitions for trucks. (laughs) I think we what should stick What you're saying that is, you don't trust me. You know what? I do trust you. I, I have trust. Uh, you shall pick a car for me, sir, and I shall pick a car for you.
1: So, so yeah, okay. That sounds good. Well, let's do this. Because you, you know we're going to buy more than one. So let's yeah. just at least buy one for each other, and then we can also pick one for ourselves.
0: Oh, I, before you, I th- that was my plan. I was not <laughs> And the Throw fact that the you boss. said it out loud meant that you thought of it too. So. Yep,
1: that's right. <laughs> I just I had enough decency to say it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to tell you.
1: All right. Well, with, well on, on that, the next uh,
0: podcast. On the next podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we'll end it there. I love you, man. This has been great. Another good long podcast.
0: I love you too, bro. Let's do it next week. All right, then.